Welcome to the Real Film Nerds Podcast. Good morrow, kiddos, and welcome to the Real Film Nerds Podcast. This week for episode number 286, The Repeat, Mike and I chat again about a little film that came out on the old Amazons, directed by Mr. Ron Howard, based on real life 13 Lives. Mike, I will do my best to uh, keep us on track since our recording yesterday got all screwed up. Uh, you know, shit happens. Technology is wonderful until it doesn't work. So uh, besides your computer going to shit, how's life? Oh, you know, it's okay. Uh, I, I like this repeat. You know, this time the, the everything will be a little bit more familiar. Well, and the thing that will be more interesting is I will try and get my good questions that I have for you out. So uh, we we had some great questions and some, well, I did for you. You had some great answers because this is just, we'll get into it, but this is just something I don't know a whole lot about because I'm not super interested in scuba diving. And for you, it's one of your biggest passions. So you can help guide us that don't want to be underwater breathing stuff we can't and explain how difficult this real life situation really was anyway so mike let's go ahead and roll into it we'll get into it as we start chatting mike go ahead give us a breakdown 13 lives ready set go okay matt uh thanks for that intro uh this movie was directed by ron howard and written by william nicholson and don mcpherson and this movie starring vigo mortensen colin farrell joel edgerton and tom bateman and it's about a rescue mission is assembled in Thailand where a group of young boys and their soccer coach are trapped in a system of underground caves that are flooding. All right. So those of you who are following along with the Real Film Nerds drinking game, I would say that's only one drink because Mike nailed every single name except for Joel Egerton. It's Edgerton. But it's okay, man. It's okay. You got to just oh, guess. Yeah. You got to roll with it. Because like, he's like one of those people that pronounces it differently. Than how it's spelled. Anyways, it doesn't matter. I'm just saying, take a drink. Mike, I know this subject matter, not so much the rescue. I mean, yeah, that's important. But the subject matter of scuba diving is very, very near and dear to your heart, as I was alluding to earlier. I'll be honest. I I said it yesterday. I'm going to say it again. I would just die. (laughs) <laughs> yeah yeah I, i'm actually not sure i could uh do this this kind of thing matt uh i love scuba diving love it also do not want to do cave diving because it kind of terrifies me man the claustrophobia the the just um trying to squeeze into small places like uh i mean i, I don't think this is much of a spoiler but a lot of like cave diving you, you can't even wear your tank on the back because there's not enough room like that's just that I don't like that. Well, Mike, as you know, uh, one of the times you and I went on vacation together. Um, yes, I go on vacation with my good friend Mike every now and then without his family. What's wrong with that? No, we are not lovers. Well, maybe we are. No, we're not. But we go on vacation together sometimes because you're my good friend. And we went scuba diving, not scuba diving, snorkeling, snorkeling. And I had a hell of a time breathing out of my mouth, let alone trying not to breathe out of my nose i'm just no i would just die i'm sorry i would just die Uh, but i do know they use them in this movie they have the masks that are full face i'd probably maybe survive through that but not in a cave 
yeah, they they do have uh, full face masks uh, for scuba diving. Um, often they use those for uh, you know how you've seen on on probably on Shark Week and stuff. They're where they can talk to each other. Um, the only way you could talk to each other is if you have a full face mask and you can breathe air and talk and all that stuff. Cause we need air to talk. And, um, so they do have that, but not, it's, it's much more expensive to have full face masks. And then also, um, you know, why do you want to talk underwater? Yeah. Why not just enjoy it? You know, have your headphones on, have a little slayer, maybe some Metallica going, you know, as you're swimming. Right? That's how you do it, right? Uh, no, usually don't have any headphones in. Although I have heard of, uh, they do something uh, down in the Florida Keys, I think, with some sort of, uh, they put speakers and you can go diving or something. They have some sort of like, like on rock the boat? concert underwater for scuba divers or something. I don't know. I think it's like once a year. That's weird. Hey, well, hey, whatever works, makes make that cheddar. But, you know, I, I just... I don't have a problem with claustrophobia that I know of. Um, I, you know, I've had CT scans. I've had all that shit. I've never had an issue. But being the size that I am, for those of you who don't know, I'm a giant. I'm six foot four. I don't fit into small spaces very well, especially some cars. I've never had a fear of claustrophobia. But I think if you add water in there, I think it's a whole nother ball of wax. And I don't think that's just... Me, I think that's probably everybody because when the panic sets in and you need to breathe and you can't, oh, you're shit out of luck. You're dead. Uh, yeah, panic and, and water don't go well together. So, okay, Mike, do you think it's weird that you and I go on vacation together sometimes? It's very rare. We don't do it like every year. We do it once every, like, I don't know, four or five years, but. Yeah, no, I don't think it's weird, man. It's this, we're like hetero life mates. We are pretty much hetero life mates. I mean, it, seriously, we're not joking. Like, my dad is the son. My dad says you're the son he always wanted. How fucked up is that? Well, man, I think he says it in jest, but uh, I think you take it seriously. So hopefully you're okay. Mike, every single joke has some truth in it. <laughs> I guess there's there's some truth in that. No, my dad's just a dick. But anyways, your parents love me too. I, I um saw your dad recently. He came and saw the uh, new baby. And uh, your mom was supposed to be there too, but she was feeling a little under the weather, which is, you know, things happen. But I got to see your dad and, you know, he he and I have some really good conversations. It's, it's so weird not to keep jammering on off topics, but uh, it's weird as you get older, like, yeah, he was your dad, and you always had to respect him. And you know, I never called him by his first name. And now I'm like in my 40s, and we'll have like two and three hour long conversations about stuff that like I would talk to you about. It's kind of blows my mind. I don't know. Maybe it's just I'm old, and it blows yeah, my man, mind. Yeah, I man. Th- I think it's just us getting older. You know. I don't know. I, I that and I mean, not to blow smoke up your ass, but your mom and dad are pretty awesome. They really are. Uh, yeah, yeah, I like them. I hope I'm gonna so. Go ahead and keep them. <laughs> You're gonna keep them. You're not gonna take them back to the parent store. Uh, no, no. Uh, just like I've I've decided to keep my son and daughter. Um, the warranty has uh, like uh, I think the warranty 
period has expired. So it's like, you know, they used to do the year and you could bring it back, but now it's only like 30 days. You know, they're so picky. Well, I still think now you're at the option where you just have to sell them into slavery. Oh, yeah, I guess you could do that. <laughs> just take them, drop them off. You know, Mexico's not that far. <laughs> right. It's so right. terrible. I'm going to hell for that one. Definitely. That was a bad joke. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, that was a bad one. Okay, Matt. Well, what are you drinking this fine morning, evening, afternoon? So, Mike, do you do you need a drink after that terrible joke? Because I don't blame you if you do. I think I do, Matt. Um, I, I think I'm going to take a beautiful sip of this uh, nice uh, Goose Island IPA. That's amazing. So it's this is so weird because I have to talk about it twice. But uh, Mike, I'm I'm celebrating because it's only August, and we have. Sam Adams Oktoberfest is already here and I already got a 12 pack. So this is going to be a good season. Hopefully I'll be able to go through a couple 12s by the end. I need to just stock up, just get it like t- tuck it away, but I like to catch it when it's on sale. Yeah. So, so we got some, but we got it at uh, Costco and we got a 28 pack, 28 pack. Yeah. Weird, huh? That's very weird. Cause I've gotten it at Costco, but it was just two 12s put together. I don't know, man. It was twenty eight. I was like, cool, because it was like thirty dollars. Question: Do you shop at Costco a lot more now that you're a papa? Answer: Yes. <laughs> that was perfect. Oh, that was good. Sorry, man. I was channeling my inner Dwight. <laughs> that, that did sound like Dwight. I've actually seen all of Office Space now, so I know. Office space? I hope so. It's only a movie. You mean The Office. Oh, oh, The Office. Yeah, sorry. Yeah. And you've only watched it all once? Yeah, only once. How dare you? I've been through that bitch at least three or four times. At least. <laughs> all right. Okay. All right, Mike. Let me get going to our next section. And now, yesterday, are you going to do the same joke as yesterday? Because I guessed it yesterday, and I did not know the joke. For those of you who know, I have to put it out there because I've never done that before. I guess that son of a bitch right. Yeah, man, I'm doing the same joke. Okay, fine. Then I'm going to guess it again and it'll be, well, because I know the answer now, son of a bitch. Mike, go ahead. What is today's really just incredible dad joke? I got dad jokes. I don't think they understand, though. Gotta think I'm funny. Other people never laugh, though. Dad jokes. All right, Matt. How do you row a boat full of puppies? The doggy paddle. Yes, with a doggy paddle. Oh, with the doggy paddle. Okay, so I got it 75% right. But I yeah, still no, got no, it that's, right. That's right. Yeah, I guessed that shit yesterday. I, I, I'm I'm one in like 3,700. But I still yeah, got dude. that one. Hey, you know, that's all it takes in lottery, right? That's true in the lottery. That's all it takes in life, too. Just that one time you slip up and then you're a father. That one time you get lucky? Yep. Then you're a father. That's that's true. That one time. Okay, Mike. All right. So let me get so, to... So, so, Matt, I guess uh-oh. it's not going well for you. It's, no, it's not. I, I'm, I'm lonely. So lonely. And you know I am 40. So I am the 40-year-old virgin, technically. 
Well, you got the toys, man. I can see them. Yeah, you damn right. With the same display cases, uh, yeah, you're jealous. You're jealous. It's fine. I don't. Although he had a lot of old weird shit, I don't. I just have Star Wars. Oh yeah, I guess that's true. And I have some Marvel now. Just some, not a lot. Just some. Okay. All right. Just just some. So speaking of Marvel, Mike, how does Thirteen Lives relate to the Marvel Cinematic Universe? Well, Matt, uh, none of our main stars have been in a Marvel uh, movie, although, you know, we could totally see Vigo or Colin Farrell doing it. But anyway, they have not been in a Marvel movie, and uh, I kind of had to dig around for this one a little bit, but I was able to find uh, in the makeup department for this movie and for Thor Ragnarok was Katrina Anger. Good job, Mike. But yeah... I, I could totally see Viggo Mortensen or, you know, who I really, really could see being in the MCU is uh, Joel Edgerton. I could see him doing something. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he would he would fit the superhero type or, or he could be a bad guy. I don't know. Uh, sometimes the line's blurred, too, so it could be a good guy, bad guy. Well, dude, Colin Farrell was a bad guy, but not in the MCU. Oh yeah. Uh oh yeah, he was in uh was that Batman? No, Daredevil. With uh Ben Affleck. Oh, the old Oh yep. man, I totally forgot about that. He was movie. bullseye. It was terrible. He was bullseye. So Colin Farrell kinda, but not, you know, I mean it was still Marvel, but it wasn't Marvel Cinematic Universe. So yeah, I could totally see Colin Farrell reprising his role as Bullseye cuz he I don't want to say he did good in that movie. That movie was trash. But uh, he was entertaining in that movie. How's that? Yeah, that's good. That was real nice. That was very uh, uh, PC of you, Matt. You know, uh, you have to be nowadays, Mike. You have to be. Except for, you know, me telling you to sell your children into slavery. <laughs> oh, I got to keep, gotta keep rubbing that one in. God. <laughs> that's yeah. the, the, the child trafficking. Yeah. All right. Dude, you don't have to traffic them. You can just take them to one spot and be like, here. Did you ever want a maid? Or here, I did you ever want to have a white kid? Here you go. Oh, jeez. <laughs> I'm just getting worse and worse. I need to stop. I'm spiraling. Yeah, yeah. I'm spiraling, Mike. Okay, I'm going to stop it. I'm going to stop it. All right, so we're in 13 Lives. Spoiler discussion. Uh, I don't know if we really need a spoiler section because, I mean, this is a true life story. This happened in 2018. It wasn't that long ago. It was four years ago. Um, these kids got trapped in a cave. And monsoons are a bitch i know we got monsoons here it's been brutal not at the fucking level that thailand does but it's been brutal yeah it's uh you know it happened to be that the monsoon struck a little early uh and uh these kids uh you know i guess everyone in the area knew that the cave floods when there's monsoons but they didn't know the monsoons were coming and uh well, we have ourselves the movie, and actually, I remember watching it on TV a little bit because I was interested in the diving stuff, man. Yeah, well, I I talked about it a little bit. Um, there was a documentary on this that came out about a year ago on Disney Plus. It's actually a part of National Geographic, 
It's done by a very, very famous photographer that I like by the name of Jimmy Chin. He's just, he's an outdoor man to outdoor man you can't believe. Like his big thing is rock climbing and photographing and doing documentaries of rock climbers. He did uh, Free Solo. Um, I don't know him personally, oh, but I follow him and I've interacted with him a little bit on the internets and things, you know, being a photographer. But um, uh, he did the documentary on this. It's called... Uh, rescue or the rescue or something like that so i want to watch that now that i've watched the dramatization of it and because i mean they use real footage and they interview the real guys Uh, i'm interested to see when the kids get older you know they're gonna have to be probably 18 or older to when the kids actually talk about it i don't know they might talk about it in the documentary i haven't seen yeah yeah i don't know um but this this movie was really highlighted uh just how hard and, and difficult a problem this was to just try and figure out. Oh yeah, man. I mean, well, you know, Elon Musk was even trying to throw money and suggestions at how to get the kids out and no one could figure it out. And the main scuba diver guy, the old bitter guy, uh, was like, well, he starts calling up fellow volunteer rescue divers that he's worked with and, you know, likes and one of them just happens to be an anesthesiologist, and he did that on purpose. Yeah, man. And then he propositions him in like a pretty, like direct, I guess, way. He's like, "What is it that you do professionally?" Like, it's like, man. Yeah, yeah. Well, and. Then he was talking about how, I mean, it must have been a hell of a conflict. You know, they had the Navy SEALs had their doctor back there. You know, he got stuck back there because they ran out of air. So that was probably a good thing that they left a couple of the Navy SEALs behind once they got through so they could sit there and help, you know, take care of the boys and check on them and keep them encouraged and stuff. But, uh, you know, that's one of the more interesting parts. And I I applaud uh, Joel Edgerton because I think he did a fantastic job. Um, I think it's one of the best performances of the film. He did not want to go against his Hippocratic Oath because they didn't know if it was going to work and the probability of the kids dying after, you know, being uh, sedated and being pulled through. Or, hell, even if he just guesses wrong on the amount to sedate him, it could just kill him. And that's against his Hippocratic Oath, you know, do no harm. But the head bitter diver guy goes... Well, what chance do they have? I mean, we're going to either be pulling them out dead trying to save them or we're going to be pulling out pull them out dead just as it is. Yeah, yeah. Um the storage is so amazing, man. Like, I don't even think they reached them for like 10 days or something, which is nuts that they were alive, all of them. Yeah, dude. I I mean, I I guess it's probably a good weight loss program. <laughs> yeah. 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 Is that the new diet? Yeah. The 13 lives. 13 lives trapped in a cave. Well, at least they had water. I mean, you know, and I'm not talking about the water that like they were swimming through. Like they had water leaking in from the monsoon rains that floods the cave. And, you know, that's probably definitely more fresh than the water that, you know, they're trapped behind. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, yes, they had water, but, uh, you know, I guess if they didn't have water, they would have been goners, but... Oh, yeah. It, oh, definitely. It was still, yeah, still pretty crazy. And then they just sat in the dark, because it was, like, pitch black, so they could save their their batteries for the flashlight. Dude, that shit seriously probably would have driven me a little crazy. 
Because that's that's like well, but they had each other, you know, and they had the coach. They had that one coach who he was, you know, he he's a kid too. He was probably in his twenties, you know, but he did a lot of meditation and a lot of you know work with the kids about it. And so uh, they even talk about it in the in the movie. You know, that's they, that's kind of what saved them is taking their mind elsewhere and taking it off the situation and just meditating and controlling their breathing and not thinking about how hungry they were or how dark it is or how scared they were. I mean, that just, that says a lot to the coach that helped and also just the art of meditation. Uh, yeah. Oh, de definitely. I mean, you would have had to do something, something would have had to, to be able to be mentally strong, to be able to, to, to take it that long. I mean, that's pretty, it's pretty brutal, dude. Like, it would be it would be hard. Yeah, there'd probably be a whole whole lot of crazy. So, all right, Mike, I wanted to do this earlier, but I forgot to do this earlier. So, I'm going to do it now towards the end of the podcast. But um, for those of you who are our frequent listeners, you will realize that we are getting a lot of giveaways, and we have yet another one. Now, we don't typically do TV shows, but Paramount asked us if we wanted in on this, and I said hell yeah because I like. The show, I've watched it on Paramount Plus, but we are giving away Blu-ray copies of the Yellowstone prequel, 1883. Mike, have you even watched Yellowstone? No, man, I haven't watched uh, Yellowstone. Uh, I'm woefully behind. It's it's terrible. How dare you, Mike? Because I know you were a big fan of The Sopranos, and the Yellowstone is basically the Cowboy Sopranos. With Kevin Costner. And that sounds awesome. Yeah, dude, you need to watch it. Now, 1883 is not like that. 1883, in my opinion, is more historically minded. It's not historically accurate. Like, it's a made-up story, to the best of my knowledge, I know. And it's inspired by probably real events. But it's more about the wagon train and the traveling across the plains and traveling across country and just the trials and tribulations of going somewhere to settle it follows the uh, dutton family as they f eventually find the land in montana and decide that that's where they're going to have their ranch but uh season one is them you know plugging away across the plains in the midwest and i liked it it's very very interesting oh all right man that, that, that's cool very cool okay mike so we did we've been doing this a couple weeks i'm gonna have you do it again mike what should our listeners do to be entered in our contest to win a free copy of the first season of 1883? Well, I, I think, Matt, with the subject matter, let's let's just go ahead and have our listeners send us like a, a modern Western movie. And let's uh, define modern as like uh, 1990s or newer. All right, Mike, I like it. I like it. That's a good idea. That sounds great. Mike, what what's a modern western that you like? Oh man, Unforgiven. Dude, you're quick to answer that shit. Sitting on the back of your head, huh? Oh yeah, no, like uh, it just I remember that movie so vividly and like it was it's still awesome. I've watched it several times after. I saw it in the theaters with my dad. Nice. When I was like 10 or 11. Well, Unforgiven is fantastic. Uh, I'm a big fan of the Young Guns series, Young Guns 1 and 2. You know, Emilio Estevez, man, at his peak. 
you know, Lou Diamond Phillips at his peak. Kiefer Sutherland, oh, yeah. you know, the list goes on. Well, Kiefer Sutherland, he's had many peaks. He's had peaks and valleys. He's uh, Yeah, yeah, you're right, you're right. But I like I like me some good old Kiefer Sutherland. I mean, that was like, you know, back in the uh, Lost Boys days, you know? Yeah, yeah, for sure. That was before 24, though. I mean, 24, you really got popular again. Yeah, I didn't watch 24. Okay, and that's all. <laughs> that's all we have to say about that. That's all I got to say about that. Um, but okay, all right. I I'd have a hard time picking one because I mean, you know, I've already named off two. Uh, three ten to Yuma. I loved. I thought that was very very good. Um. Uh. But here, how's this, Mike? The Quick and the Dead. Just because it was filmed like thirty minutes from our homes when we were growing up. All right, man. Sharon Stone. Leo Nardio DiCaprio. Uh. Let's see who else is in that. Gene Hackman uh, was the bad guy. Gene Hackman, yeah, uh, and Russell Crowe. Russell Crowe, Zeus, yeah. Russell Crowe was in it, and I I like that movie. That was a lot of fun, and they filmed it at um, Mescal, the old Tucson studios. That's uh, actually southeast of Tucson. It's closer to our hometown, and it's because Mescal's in the middle of like nowhere. And there's nothing around it, so you can do these big, wide-sweeping shots. They also filmed uh, Tombstone there quite a bit. Tombstone is another great modern one. But uh, you know what, Mike? I'm going to stop talking because we got to do this giveaway. So uh, go ahead. Take one of ours. You can send it in. But email us, Matt at Nerds. Matt at Nerds. Matt at RealFilmNerds.com. Mike at RealFilmNerds.com. Or you can send it to both of us at Nerds at RealFilmNerds.com. Here's the business. Let's do it. Here we go. From visionary creator Taylor Sheridan comes 1883, a Yellowstone origin story, a prequel to television's number one show, Yellowstone. Featuring a star-studded cast, including Academy Award nominee Sam Elliott, Tim McGraw, Faith Hill, and cameos from Academy Award winners, Tom Hanks, and Billy Bob Thornton. Dive deeper into the Dutton family's origin story with over two hours of behind-the-scenes bonus content, including never-before-seen featurettes with the cast and crew. 1883, A Yellowstone Origin Story, is currently available on DVD, Blu-ray, and digital on demand. Go ahead, check it out today. So go ahead, enter our contest, and you will get to check it out for free. How's that? Man, that sounds great, man. I'm going to have to watch me some 1883. Dude, it's good. And you're going to have to watch it on Paramount Plus, which I know you have a subscription to. So, But you'll have to watch it on there. I do. I do. So, all right, Mike. We could talk about this. We could talk about Westerns forever. Overall, I really like 13 Lives. Ron Howard, incredible director. Acting was fantastic. Cinematography was great, but not in the way you think of cinematography. It's technically it was just amazing how they got those tight shots in the tight caves and all that water. Just wow, dude. Like wow. It's it wasn't a beautiful film, but it was a technically beautiful film, if that makes sense. Yeah, man. And I do appreciate the diving work that they did because uh it it really brought I think the audience into the movie and uh, as someone who dives, I liked, I appreciated that it wasn't like 
crystal clear water and like it was showing like tight squeezes and all the different things that would be happening in this sort of situation and even like surges from like the water coming rushing in and like uh i don't know i think they did a great job with that stuff um probably was a big pain to film mike what's the longest dive you've ever done uh probably like an hour and 15 or an hour and 30 minutes so this dive was i think we're trying to figure it out it's like six hours i think total eight hours total something like that yeah i think it was i think it was three hours to the uh, to the one like to where the kids were and then you know three hours back right i i don't know i i didn't look it up but i i just know that that's insane like how do you even carry enough air well when you're doing shallow diving you don't really use that much air uh without getting into too many technical details uh when you when you go down and deeper you use more air just because the air gets squeezed in the tank so you breathe compressed air just because everything's getting pressurized okay okay so it's it's an altitude thing so not being compressed not being you know, pressurized, the air was more readily available. Okay, okay. But still, that was one of the concerns. I mean, you know, the Navy SEALs go in there and they're not trained cave divers. They're trained responders and diving and doing all that stuff. They're more, I don't want to say generalists, but they can do a lot of shit. The guys that from Great Britain, like that's all they do. Like they're cave divers for fun and also for help. And so the Navy SEALs screwed up and they used up all their air by the time they got to the boys, several of them, and they had to, some of them stay, they didn't get to go back and they had to stay with the boys and be taken out later. Uh, yeah, which totally could happen, Matt. Like, um, for instance, uh, like a lot of the dive instructors that I have been diving with, they use very little air when they dive and it's just cause they're so used to it and like more efficient with like diving. Um, and then, like if you get excited or or worried, right? You know, so like you're going through a cave and it's scary and, and you know, you can't see or following some rope. Uh, oh, yeah, dude, they're panicking. Like I yeah, would be, you, you, they might not you, be you on the outside, more. but internally they're panicking. And so they're breathing more and especially probably heavier. So they're probably sucking it down twice as fast as they normally would. Yeah, so those, those cave diver guys were used to uh, conserving their air and just probably more used to diving in situations like that. So, like, it wasn't, I guess, as frightening or, or maybe not frightening at all to them. Maybe they're just like, oh, it's just another cave dive. You know, it, it sounded like they had been through a lot. Oh, yeah. It sounded like they were very seasoned, even... The and what's funny is, uh, <laughs> you might love this. Uh, you know, the guy that uh, Colin Farrell was playing, he's a IT support specialist, that's his day job. Yeah, yeah, no, I love that. <laughs> I mean, they were just normal dudes, they're just normal dudes that love to do this stuff and love to help people and doing these rescues. I mean, it's it's amazing the outpouring of you know, I, I don't know how else to describe it, but love and volunteerism to help these boys was just absolutely incredible absolutely incredible yeah uh you know since we're in spoilers i did like how um like another like water engineer guy came and was like 
hey, we've got to try and divert the water that's going into the cave from the top. And then, like, it just, it was, like, kind of a side story in the movie, but it kept growing and growing. I really liked it, though, like, how everyone just kept helping, and it just became bigger and bigger. And he's like, well, we got to move this water to the fields. And knew that he would kill the kill the i think rice yeah rice i think it was right? a rice crop yeah it would kill that season's rice crop for literally all the farmers of that area and look the they have it at the end the government stepped in to help financially because that's how they live but um it was just that i think that whole side story of the water engineer who's taiwanese not taiwanese i've done that before not taiwanese thai because it's thailand thai but he was raised and went to college and raised in the United States, but still, you know, spoke Mandarin and all that. Um, he spearheads the whole thing without even like asking. He just shows up and does it. And I think that whole side story is probably overlooked because I had no clue about it until I watched the film. Yeah. And I thought that was really cool. It was just, everybody was just trying to help out in the ways that they could. Of course, the water engineer guys, like I can divert water, but, you know, there's a lot of physicality to it and you just saw more and more volunteers helping. It was, it was really cool. Well, and they were estimating, but they were estimating it diverted, diverted something like 60 million gallons of water or something. That's, that's insane, dude. If we got that much rain here in Arizona in a monsoon season, we'd all be freaking swimming. That's so much yeah, rain. Dude, there would be no more Arizona, man. That's crazy. <laughs> That's so much water. Underwater. And that was just what fell on the cave, on the on the mountain that had the cave. That's yeah. insane to me. Anyways. Yeah, very, very crazy. My suggestion, watch this movie. Watch the documentary, especially if you have Amazon Prime, especially Disney Plus. Check it out. Well worth a watch. Mike, I'm going to go first. I give it four out of five reels. All right, man. Yeah, uh... I think I'm going to give it four out of five as well. Uh, I really like the aspects of the diving stuff. So it's probably like a little bit more up my alley for that. But, um, you know, it's just, it was a, it was, it was good storytelling. I know this is like based on the true stories. So I'm sure there's some things that were dramatized or, or shortcutted or whatever, but man, it was, it's still just an amazing story of, everybody trying to come together to figure out a way to get these kids out and it worked like getting them out by immobilizing them is just whoo man is that crazy oh yeah dude just blows my mind that even that they attempted it let alone had no casualties all 13 made it out that's just amazing yeah uh maggie and i watched this movie man and uh she she was like, there's no way they could have pulled that off in the States. Oh, I doubt it. Yeah, like, I don't think they would have let them. Without the parents, like, without the parents knowing what was happening, like, no way they could have done that. Where, like, the parents didn't get to, like, go with the kids and all the stuff. Well, I think that was one of the smartest things that they did. Because if they did have casualties, they don't want the parents acting out on national TV right there and freaking all the rest of them out. So by taking them, throwing them in helicopters and flying them to a hospital immediately, logistically, that makes a lot of sense. It really does. No, it, it does. But it's still just, I, I just don't know if you could pull that kind of stuff off in the States. 
I don't know, man. I don't know if they could have really pulled it off in Thailand, but they did, you know, because they're a pretty free country as well. But, it, you know, it is quite a bit different than here. Yeah, well, we just have lawyers and stuff, you know, all kinds. Of, I mean, I know they do too, but, like, I just feel like sometimes when it comes to, to certain things, it's like we get in our own way. How about that? Yeah, no, I, I understand. I understand what you're saying. But still, I think to save the kids, I think they probably would have done it. But I don't, I don't know. Or there'd be a shit ton of lawsuits afterwards. <laughs> well, that for sure, no matter what. Yeah, yep. So, all right, Mike. So next week, I guess it's kind of my pick because I decided on it. Um, there's not a whole lot coming out in the theaters. We both discussed it. I had you dig through my archive of uh, movies that I have. And uh, I think we settled on a fun one, even though I'm the one that threw it out first. And you just were like, yeah, that sounds like fun. Mike, this is a 1986 classic. We haven't done a legacy cast in a long time. I say, let's do it. It's going to be fun. Labor Day weekend. This is perfect Labor Day weekend movie. I'm sure it's available somewhere because it's so old. Mike, we're going to be reviewing and chatting about the incredible 1986 film directed by John, John Carpenter, Big Trouble in Little China. Oh, yeah, man. I can't wait because I just have a lot of love for this movie. And I don't know why it didn't do that well because it's a great movie. It's quirky. It's fun. It's just, it's got, I don't know. It's, it's, it's kind of a sci-fi kind of comedy. I don't know. It's, it's, it's got a lot of stuff. It touches on a lot of things. Dude, it literally helped inspire one of the biggest video game franchises this world has ever seen. Mortal Kombat. It did. I mean, just, that's a testament right there on how much fun this movie is. So anyways, all right, kiddos. Hit us up. Let us know about 1883. Send us your uh, picks for what modern Westerns, and we'll throw you in the bucket of our random number generator to win a copy. Um, Mike, get out there and do some scuba diving, even though your kids are in the way. I'm sorry. But, uh, yeah. I don't know. What what else you got to add, old man? Uh, nothing. I'm excited to, uh, review, uh, Big Trouble in Little China for Labor Day, uh, weekend. And, uh, yeah. All right, man. Uh, I think that's it. So, uh, thanks for listening, everybody. And, uh, make sure to follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and, uh, Facebook or Meta or whatever it's called these days. And, uh. Go out there, stream a movie, or uh, watch a movie at the theater. Uh, I think, uh, oh, speaking of Labor Day, uh, September uh, 3rd? Yeah, 9-3. Most of the national theaters and probably lots of hometown ones are going to have $3 tickets. So uh, go go hit those up. Yeah, it's uh, was it National Movie Theater Day or just National Movie Day? I don't know. They they made it up, but uh, yeah, I think it's like National Movie Day or something like that. But doesn't matter, man. Three dollar tickets. Go go go. Hit up a movie. And there's still some great movies out there. Like they um, did a extended cut of uh, Spider Man uh, No Way Home. That's in the theaters. Well, we have it here. I saw it the other day. Uh, I know Top Gun Maverick is still in the theaters. If you haven't seen that, dude, three bucks is a steal to see that movie. Unless you entered our contest last week and won a free copy. Um, that's tr- true. That's then true. you got it for free. 
<laughs> but still, that's one that you have to see on the big screen, man. Just amazing. But yeah, uh, hit up your theaters. Keep them going, man. I don't want them to go away either. Yeah, three dollars. Uh, like Cinemark, uh, one of the theaters that I I frequent often has uh, three dollar movies, but then they have three dollars everything. So three dollars popcorn, three dollars soda, three dollar candy. So that's really cool, dude. That's a steal. Yeah, yeah, at the theater. Anyway, <laughs> all right, uh, everybody, uh, thanks for listening, and uh, we'll catch you on the next spot. Thank you for listening to The Real Film Nerds. Now, don't forget to follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Real Film Nerds. Now, go out and catch a movie. He's here, the one, the only son of my Hinshaw. <laughs> Matt Hinshaw from the Real Film Nerds podcast on Magic 99.1. You are her only legit son, though, right? As far as I know. Yeah, I mean, she has some son-in-laws or one son-in-law. She has, I don't know. It doesn't matter. Hi there, Matt. How I, are you? I mean, you, you're going to have to ask her next sh- time she comes in. Maybe she has like a secret family. She oh. still hasn't told us about we'll it. We'll ask her when we call her coming up. So, yeah, I would think we should. I think we should. Okay, very good. You're here to talk about the movies, not your family dynamics. No, we would be here all day. I know, right? And today we're talking about 13 Lives, the Amazon thriller. What'd you think? Uh, I guess you would call it a thriller. Yeah. Yeah. The original. Uh, I thought it was good. Yeah. I, I liked it. It was uh, Ron Howard, you know, Directed. infamous director. Right. Apollo 13, among many, many other films. Well, he's Richie Cunningham. I know. We all know who he is. Well, yeah, that's right. I need to go back and <laughs> yeah. and say, yeah, Richie Cunningham from Happy Days. Right. Not the infamous director. Right. Because that's what people well, would understand him as. Yeah, people my age anyway. I Anyhow. didn't want to say it. You said it. You said it. Okay, this is me. based on a real life story. These yes. kids got stuck in a cave in Thailand and they were exploring, right? And then the tide came in. Is that how it goes it, down? I mean, that's what I'm picturing. It was 2018. Okay. So not that long ago, I right. remember watching it on the news. Me too. Uh, being riveted like the rest of the world, not just the country, but the world. Right. So it was a soccer team and how they portrayed in the film. I haven't watched the actual documentary yet because there is a documentary on it as well okay. that came out a year ago on Disney+. Plus. Mm. I'm going to watch that when I have time. Right. Maybe, you know, next 20 years. Sometime. Right, right, right. Anyways, um, they were doing soccer practice and it was one of the kids' uh, birthdays. And they liked going caving in this famous large cave that they have near their practice facility, at least is what it looked like. Okay. They went up there to do some caving for his birthday, Mm -hmm. and the monsoon rains came out of nowhere, and they came really early, and when it monsoons over there in Thailand, it doesn't stop for weeks, if not months on end. Right, right. And it rained so much within that one day of them going in the cave, they couldn't get back out. They couldn't get, they couldn't even swim out, huh? Nope. Yeah, okay. And then eventually they get rescued. I mean, not yes. to spoil the story, but it was a true story. All 13 of them lived. Uh, yeah. There was one casualty. Uh, there's one probably the more than that. wasn't it? Yeah, because there was a rescuer that passed later after mm-hmm. the rescue was completed. But yeah, it was one of the Taiwanese, uh, not Taiwanese, that's different country. <laughs> Thai. I knew I was going to do that. It's Gosh, okay. Dang it. I didn't it was, say anything. It was one of the Thai uh, Navy SEALs mm-hmm. and he drowned trying to uh, get to the boys at one of the attempts. Yes. Very sad. Well, it got 87 on Rotten Tomatoes. Uh, 86% of Google users liked this movie. How about you? I liked it. I liked it a lot. The The cinematography isn't anything super special. 
uh, as in beauty wise, right. but the oh, how do I how do I phrase it? The technical aspects are just out of this world because okay. there's so much underwater yeah. in tight, cramped little spaces. I right. mean, they, I think the acting was great. Uh, the voice, the accents were a little, eh, okay. but is what it is. I, I loved it. I give it a four out of five. Four so, out of yeah. five reels. Very good. Let's see what your mother, Ma Hinshaw, thinks. Coming up on Magic ninety nine point one. Good morning, Ma Henshaw. Matt and Lisa calling on Magic 99.1. What are you doing in Carefree? Well, we have a new grandbaby. That's right. Are you visiting? We've been rocking and shopping. <laughs> How's that little baby doing? Really, really good, except she's a night owl like Grandma. Oh, well, that works well for you, but not so much for Mom. No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, bless your heart. Give her a little squeeze for me, okay? Oh, I will. Okay. She's a doll. <laughs> Sad. I'm sure she is. Just looking at Matt, how could she not be a doll? Wait. Oh, too true. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Ma, tell us, what would you think about 13 Lives? I thought it was fantastic. I think everyone should watch it, even those people who watch the news. I think this really explained what those Navy SEALs and the, what the people had to go through to save those children. Yes, yes, and ultimately they did, which is great news. I haven't watched it yet, but I do remember following it in the news, and we all held our breaths for those kids. Yes, and, and you, I just did not realize what they had to do to have them breathe uh, and uh, it, it's just unbelievable. It conveys the distances those uh, swimmers had to go to get to where they were. I mean, uh, Ron Howard did a great job. It wasn't a documentary, but it was like a documentary. It was really, really good. Excellent. Tell me, were there any snoozes? None. Huh? None. Wow. Okay. Kept you wide awake. How many cookies are you going to give it? I'm giving it five. Five out of five. Wow. That's amazing. Have you given any other movies five? I don't think so. I don't think so either. Oh, uh, no. I'm pretty sure she has at least <laughs> one or two where there's male nudity. In oh, it. that's right. Was there any nudity oh, in this well, movie, Mom? Top Ma? Gun, maybe. Yeah. Top Gun, I, I would. So. <laughs> top Gun, she says. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Awesome. All right. Well, what a great review, Ma. You go take good care of that grandbaby for me, and we'll chat with you next week. Thank you. Yes, we will be home next week. <laughs> Wonderful. Safe travels. Bye bye. Thank you. Bye. So what movie will you review next week? All right. So we're going to go back in time to okay. a film from your generation. Oh, thanks, Matt. What would You're that welcome. be? What would that be? The uh, 1986 classic. Yes. Big Trouble in Little China. Oh, that's a great movie. Yeah. So I figured you probably have seen that one. Yeah, I've seen that so one. We I don't remember it, but I saw it. <laughs> well, you, you know, that, that time and that years. age, there was probably like, you know, some kind of substances involved at the theater, and I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> no, what, but... you never snuck snuck any drinks into the theaters. No, me? Yes. No, no, I don't even go to the theater. You know me, Matt. Okay, well, right. you're, you know what? True. We'll True. look forward to your review of Big Trouble in Little China next week. Check out the podcast. It's called The Real Film Nerds. Make Matt's day. Seriously, check it out. <laughs> and um, and you can catch him here next week on Magic 99.1. Thank you, Maddie. Thank you, Lisa. You're welcome.